morning. This is the 34th season of Dragon Digest, which originally started as the TPW that we do now. Mr. Fryer's giving me a really aggressive look. I'm Delaney Rogers. Next to me. I'm Jake Jor. Oh, hi. I'm Mr. Fry. And I'm Mr. Kind. And I think that's just Mr. Fry's face. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, um, I changed it. Yeah. You changed my face? Yes. Anyway, welcome to Dragon Digest, our first episode this year. Uh, me and Delaney are joined today with our guests, Mr. Kind and Mr. Fry, who just introduced themselves. Um, today we are go- going to be talking about, specifically, the fall show that is happening in just a few days, uh, directed by Mr. Kind and technically uh, done by <laughs> Mr. Fry. I don't know sure. your title. I'm, I'm very technically involved. <laughs> very technically. Just a bit. Just a bit. Um, but before we get uh, well underway with the fall production, uh, Delaney, do you have a few things to say about Dragon Digest as a show? All right, so this is going to be the, uh, the podcast this year. We're going to try to do it every other Wednesday, and it originally started and as what TPW is now, so we do our daily live newscast, and then we did it, and we brought in teachers. It was 30 minutes, and they just kind of talked about like uh, how they got into the school, their life outside of school, and that's what Dragon Digest originally was, and now that's LOAM. So we turned it into a podcast this year because it was a little more easier and kind of like tech savvy. So that's what we're going to be doing for the next few years, I'm hoping. Yeah, so, so basically what you can expect is just uh, Dragon Digest as a show is just a 30-minute interview with some teachers or staff around the school. Um, yeah. So yeah, welcome. Yeah, happy to be here. Glad uh, to be helping start this off again. Yes. Glad to wake up early and come out and support you guys. All righty. very convincing. So, uh, as this is Wednesday, the show opens tomorrow. Um, uh, so, just uh, the shows this year for the fall are Thursday is at 7, Friday is at 7, Saturday is at 7, and Sunday is at 2? Yes, that's correct. All righty. Um, so, Mr. Kind, one of the biggest differences this year with the show is it is double-casted. Um, I know you talked about that a lot already, but do you want to uh, just run over the cast and differences, why you double-casted it? Absolutely. Uh, We have a lot of talent here at Lake Orion across the board, whether it's in arts or sports. And because of that, the cast is only a cast of seven. So I was going to have a really hard time working that in my head because only seven students out of all of the people that auditioned that was going to be a really, really tough decision. And at the end of the day, I felt that doing a singular cast would have been a disservice to Lake Orion's art community. Uh, now, the argument could have been made, well, why didn't you just do a, a show with a bigger cast? Um, I've been working on this show for three years. This is my thesis production. And I actually have been planning on doing this show since before I started working at Lake Orion. So it was originally picked with my old school district in mind, but when we made the switch to come over to Lake Orion, I had already put in a ridiculous amount of work onto this project. Mm-hmm. And I know that that started back uh, when you were in college, or, well, this is a college project. Uh, it's for your master's degree, um, double cast, long time working on it. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about each cast and like their strengths and weaknesses? <laughs> yeah, Tell yeah. us their fears. Yes. <laughs> um, each When I sat down and d- 
figured out what cast was or who was going to work with which cast and what combinations worked the best. One of the things that I had to think about was the the relationships that are going to form. Every single character in the show has very intricate, multifaceted relationships with the other characters in the cast. Every single character interacts with every other character for the most part, and that that chemistry needs to be there. So during auditions, that was one of the biggest things that I was looking at and figuring out, okay, this actor works really well in this sort of relationship with this actor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it came down to uh, some really difficult decisions. But the differences that I have seen throughout the rehearsal process, one of the casts is a a little bit more standard as like a, a good group of hardworking actors. And the other cast is a, a little bit of a, um, what's the word? The wild Slackers. card. No, I was, oh. was going to say wild card. <laughs> um, because you're, it's not that you don't know what you're going to get from them. It's more of a, what type of character is going to come out. The Everybody in the other cast is very high energy and they put a lot of themselves into their work and sometimes it's a little hard to get them focused but the work that they do is really strong when they are focused okay so we've got the standard cast and the wild cast uh what <laughs> what uh nights are each one performing um i guess if we're looking at it this way the the standard cast um performs Thursday and Saturday and the wild card cast performs Friday and Sunday. Alrighty. Uh Mr. Fry, uh so you I am here. you have been technically involved in the show as I have stated. Very technically. Um do you want to do you want to talk a bit more about the specifics of that? I do the lighting and sound. But I don't because the students do all our technical production here at Lake Warren High School as it has been since I went here. Any more detail on lighting and sound? Yeah, there's tons of detail in the lighting and sound. Well, do you want to talk about it? Sure. <laughs> so this has been a really, uh, you know, th as a straight show, we don't have to be as involved in the lighting and technical aspects, but we always try and up our game at Lake Warren High School because our tech program is the best in the state. Subtle. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Self-promo. Little self-promo. Come to the Tech Olympics. Be the best in the state. Woo. So anyway... Uh, you know, John and I work really well together closely from the moment he starts building the models for the set. And one of the things I've really appreciated about him since he's been here is that he's willing to work with me on lighting during set design, which makes it a lot easier to do cool things with lighting. Like you'll notice in the last few years, we've done a lot more backlighting stuff because it's easier to backlight through a set when you've designed lights to go into the set. Uh, so, you know, there's some backlighting things in this one and some real interesting little surprises I think that are going to play themselves out as we go along. Set looks really, really great. Uh, I really appreciate the subtle rake you've designed. The stage subtly slants forward, so subtly I don't think you'd notice if you weren't standing directly on it, but from the audience it creates a great effect where the whole, you know, everything's just slightly more visible as it slants down toward the audience. And the actors definitely notice it. They complain about it. Enough. I am sure yeah. they notice in high heels. Uh, oh. I notice when I'm in my heels. 
I notice in my slippers. I what bet you as you slip out of them. I low, preferably. I break stilettos. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just a fancy gravity. Be such a fantastic image, Mr. Fry walking across the stage <laughs> during a tech run and. In high-heeled stilettos and four-inch spikes. That's how we should judge I can, yeah. I can run in four-inch heels. How? Oh. Did you? Carefully. You know that. I don't think I could run in four-inch heels. Carefully. Uh, yeah, you know. How did you find that out? Carefully. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mr. Fry. Um, uh, so you've done, you've done the, you've worked with licensed sound on a lot of our productions. Was there anything unique or interesting about this show? Yes details yes what was it? oh yeah uh you know what i was talking about we're doing the backlighting and stuff uh all the walls of the set are see-through super cool uh so when you make certain materials uh lit certain ways you can either see through behind them so if you light something from behind you can see through the material and if you light in front of that material that looks solid again like the walls on the show uh it also means that they're acoustically invisible so like we've got some speakers hidden backstage to make it sound like things are coming out from on the stage and it's just a speaker randomly placed backstage but you can hear it through the wall it's really interesting i enjoy it I, yeah i was unaware that that was another aspect of using you should pay attention and you're in the show <laughs> i am in the show i just realized Come i forgot on. to mention that um yes i am uh, an actor in the standard i was cast. gonna say are you Come the standard on. or wild card <laughs> cast i feel like i'm the wildest part of the standard cast I think that might be accurate. I I would agree. <laughs> who's I'm, in? I'm close. The standard versus the wild card. Uh, actually, yes, we should we should That's address probably a good idea. who's in each one. So in the standard cast, obviously we we have y our host Jake Jor. Um, we also have Lily Wojtyla, Lady Mason, Brian Donahue, Alex Walters. Oh, this is this is hard. Savannah. Um, yep, Savannah Ritter, um, Lexi uh, Lexi Davis, and I'm forgetting a character. Which character? Did you hit Lady Mason? Yeah, I said Lady. Did you say? Oh, Brendan. Um, Brendan is in Wild the other card. one. That is the other character. Plant. No, I said Lady. <coughs> is it Savannah? We already said that. That's the only one I knew. Well, Maybe I'm j I just wasn't counting. Yeah, you. I'm oh, pretty no, sure you missed. I'm yeah, holding up seven. seven. You are holding yeah. up seven. Hooray! <laughs> we did not forget anybody. Um, and the 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 Friday Sunday cast. We'll just ta we'll just call them the Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, now I want to call them the Wildcats, like the to their faces. It'll be great. <laughs> I, oh, they I aren't aware that they're called the Wildcard cast. I think I don't I've, think that they're oh, aware they that they're called it, but they they know. They know. Yeah, they this, know. Uh, the standard cast knows as well. <laughs> um, so so the just yeah, the Wildcard wild cast. Card. We've got. Um, Katie Royce and Brendan Franz playing the parents. Um, Brooke Babcock plays the aunt. Um, the the boys in the play are Lincoln Hall and Jaden Wilson, and then the girls are Olivia Kelly and Kylie Schmel. Mm -hmm. um, now, Mr. Fry, back to you actually. Mm -hmm. um, now you've discussed why this. Like technical, why the technical aspects of the show were different and more fun. Was there any challenges in making it uh, this creative? Was there any challenges in it being this creative process this year? Honestly, I think we're getting to the point where part of our challenge is upping our level every show. We are a no-cut program, so we try and give everybody a place, especially in the technical side, since not everybody can be on stage. 
and that gives us some really big crews and lots of hands and lots of help and I think this is the first time we've ever had so I'll plot a crew like your audio crew will have four people on it because we plan on two of those people essentially saying before the show never mind I don't really want to do this but this is the first time we I don't think we had more than one or two people across the entire thing say oh no never mind I don't want to do that and so we're getting to a point where we're starting to finish things earlier and earlier before shows because everyone's so dedicated and we can start to throw more and more at it and things are getting more and more detailed and we can start to add more and more technical challenges without worrying about ruining the show. Ah, so all the challenges that you face, you just put that yourself? Yeah, all the ch all my problems <laughs> I make myself. <laughs> so that the show goes wrong. Uh, it's it's we'll so I, l I like to use the metaphor that, you know, humans created lemons. They're a hybrid of a citrone, and so... So when life hands you lemons, life never handed you lemons. Humans made them themselves. Is that too <laughs> metaphorical for early in the morning? That one yeah. looked like it went over your head. I mean, no, I already, I, I'll, I'll be real. I knew that, but excellent. I think, I think that is a fun little thing. But moving on, um, Mr. Kind, uh, you want to get a little bit more specific? Uh, we discussed that there is a wilder cast. Um, is there specific like between the characters, the two actors that play each character, differences between them? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the two actors playing Eugene, the narrator character. Um, Brian and Lincoln both bring really nice energy to the character, but in very, very different ways. Um, Brian is playing the, the character uh, much more innocent and fun, whereas Lincoln's playing the character still very, very innocent, but he's approaching the immaturity and the childishness in a different way. He's bringing it more in the the physicality side of it, bringing a lot more of that fun, like early teenage boy to the character where Brian is bringing the, like the, the young man to the character, mm -hmm. like if, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then it sounds kind of like in there. I know the story is Eugene going through puberty. Uh, do you think? Do you think the way that they're playing the characters now sets each Eugene at a different like place in the in like the process of puberty? I don't think so because I think it's more of just the the mental state of going through that idea of like losing your childhood and how much you want to hang on to it. With with Brian playing it, I see it much more as I'm ready, or maybe, maybe not ready, but I'm prepared somewhat to uh, enter what he sees to be adulthood. Whereas with the way that Lincoln's portraying it, I see a lot more of holding on to that childishness. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And the same actually goes for um, the guys playing Stanley, the older brother. Um, with With Alex, it is a lot more... Uh, subdued and very natural at times, whereas Jaden plays up that sort of childishness and matches with with Lincoln. And I think part of that is because of the combinations. Mm -hmm. um, Alex <coughs> and Brian playing off of each other, they both approach it in that way. Same with Jaden and Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And actually building off of that, you so both of them play the characters very differently. Uh, I'm assuming that would be that would exponentially change the actual relationship that the brothers have with each other between the shows. Um, actually, it doesn't. That's the weird thing. 
after watching both productions several times within the past week, the relationship at its core between the two brothers is very similar. Um, yes, one is a little more goofy than the other, but the the relationship that comes out of the, the situation and the play itself is still very concrete and the same. Mm-hmm. Well, that is kind of fascinating, actually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because... You've got you've got characters that are different from each other having like remaining the same as far as the relationship to each other. Yeah, yeah, it's they they go about it in different ways, but they both end up at the same spot. Mm-hmm. And well, we we know that the play is centered around a family mm-hmm. in the 1930s, around the Great Depression times. Um, is there what are some of the themes that are explored in the show? Do you think um, the biggest theme that we're focusing on is the ability to rely on your family. We see that come up a lot with the the plot of the show. There's a few characters that are either really wanting to help and contribute to the family or for whatever reason their ability to contribute to the family financially has been reduced. Um, some people lose their jobs, some people lose their salaries, etc., etc. So relying on your family when you need them is one of the big themes of the play, and that's why it fits in with our season theme, The Importance of Family. Um, But one of the other themes that comes up, we have a a bit of guilt coming up as a major theme, as like what drives us to do some, what we do as human beings. Um, And then the... The idea that growing up is a lot more than just the physical changes that we go through. Because in the play, while Eugene is the one going through puberty, we see both of his older family members, his older brother and his older cousin, mature in a very different way. Um, His brother is 18, his cousin 16, so they've already gone through puberty, but they have maturity moments that are much more on the emotional level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned in while, while talking about that, the season theme of family. Yes. Uh, was there any specific reasons or reason that you decided to go with that as the theme this year? Yeah. Um, one of the things that's always struck me about theater is that when you work on a production with a group of people, you become their family or they become your family um and just like with all families there are some people that we don't quite get along with as well um and some people that we do but here at lake orion we are definitely a a big dysfunctional family and i think that's exactly what we see on stage with this production a big dysfunctional family that at the end of the day the biggest thing that they care about is each other we really put the fun in dysfunction. That's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Leading off of that, why did you specifically choose to do Brighton Beach Memoirs other than the family perspective? Um, when the first time I saw this show, I was a, a senior in high school and going through a lot of my own stuff at the time. And there were a lot of moments that really resonated with me. Um, the The idea of the end of your childhood, the the having to move on and leave your home, um, 
all of that stuff really resonated with me and it had a big emotional impact on me especially the the idea of stanley leaving home to help out the family you it, eugene takes it really really hard when stanley does go to leave sorry spoilers um but I saw that a lot in my own life. Um, when I was younger, in high school, one of my brothers uh, went down a, a bad path. And in a very similar way, I saw my brother leave in the same way that, that Eugene watched Stanley leave. And that had a profound impact on me. And that's why I've always wanted to do this show. And when I had to pick my thesis show three years ago, starting to work on my master's, it was one of the first things that came up and said, this, is, this show means a lot to me, and this is what I want to spend the next three years working on. Mm-hmm. Well, that was impactful. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's always interesting listening to the background of like the thought process that goes behind these things. I know last year our theme was f- fear correct yes um and we saw that a lot in because we did like the crucible and the adams family that theme came along pretty well um i know future for the just beyond brighton beach this year because that will be ending soon um the i know the troop has a lot more projects uh in the works for this year um do you want to talk about that uh yeah um our next project that we're coming up on um we are working on getting ready for thespian festival um we always do quite well at that festival last year we took home the tech olympic championship as a team as well as several individual events taking the gold for that um we also had almost half a million dollars in scholarship offers last year for seven seniors um so that's going to be the next thing that we're gearing up for that happens in december after that in january we have started doing a a dinner theater as a fundraiser um and this year we're going with something a little different than what we did last year for the play Um, we're looking at doing some sort of like actual like dinner theater style play um and then after that finishes up in january we'll be gearing up for the musical which this year musical is pippin mm-hmm. yes um and pippin of course fits into the theme of family um i don't know very much about the musical but i'm sure it has some then how do you know it fits into the theme of family jake chore mr fry i am correlate. just making an assumption <laughs> Um, is the theme incorporated into the dinner theater show that you talked about? Or I know we have a student one act at the end of the year. Do you want I, I'm aware that it wasn't incorporated into it last year, but is that something that you think you want to start doing? Um, yeah, when it's possible, absolutely. I would definitely love to be able to incorporate that. Um, definitely into the student-directed one act for the end of the year. Um, with the, the dinner theater being what it is, I think it will be difficult to get that to fit into the theme because with, but I don't think it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Many dinner theaters have the same theme. And what is that? Murder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose we could do a a murder dinner theater with the importance of family. Interactive. There's like a movie about that coming out or something. Um, 
Uh, reining it back into Brighton Beach, I know another big part of the show, we mentioned, we talked about the set a little bit earlier. Um, every Saturday during the duration of the show, we had set builds for the cast and crew to take part in. Um, do you want to talk about like some of the challenges that arose during the set builds, um, Fry and Kind? It is a big set, and it is built directly on the stage. And I'd say the first issue we came across is that we started to build the set much faster than we could get it on stage because of scheduling issues. We cram a lot of stuff into our theater. I don't know if many people know this, but we rent it to outside schools, uh, like Notre Dame Prep and some other private schools, and the middle schools come up here for their productions. And so this year was our first year doing Notre Dame Prep's musical here. Uh, and so we actually had to push our time back on stage by a week. Uh, Mr. Kind was great and willing to accommodate because we're very supportive of all the arts in the area, even the ones that aren't just ours. And we like making a little money, you know, off the rentals. So, yeah, I mean, to be real. So, you know, we, uh, we, we pushed our dates back a week, and that means that our shop was just filling with set pieces all the way bursting out the doors until the second we got the stage clear. And then it just all had to get put together as soon as possible. You know, it's a time constraint. Time and resources, same thing on every show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you mentioned the set was very big, and we've talked about the walls being see-through and how, like, all the little aspects of the set come together to create it. Um, the set is the uh, Jerome household, correct? Yes. So it is a, a two-story house built on stage, um, as mentioned, all of the walls are wooden frames draped in cloth that is designed to look like um, wallpaper and a, a chair rail with wood paneling beneath it. And we are able to see the, the dining room, the living room, and two of the bedrooms upstairs. And that's where all of the action of the play takes place. So we've got the, we had the challenge of designing a set that would fit in our space that would work with what we needed for that to show that two-story household and that still worked with the the idea of it being a memory play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't think the set is that impressive, imagine trying to mount doors into cloth walls. Yeah, that was... Sounds that was like a, a riddle. Right? It, it sounds was. like a bad joke. <laughs> It kind of was a bad it joke. Was a, well, no, it was a really <laughs> good joke. It had a great punchline. They work. They do work. Um, and, Mr. Kind, you just recently mentioned it's a memory play. Yes. Um, so the play is set up as, well, Brighton Br- Beach memoirs. Um, this is a... It's kind of like we get to read Eugene's personal journal. And actually, he's seen most of the play carrying a notebook around writing down the things that happens because one of the things he wants to be is a writer. And it's loosely based on Neil Simon's actual life. Um, so you can see where that came in. He was writing plays based on his life. Um, but so it's a memory play. And the way that we see that on stage is that there are portions of the set around the edges that are not quite complete. Um, a lot of the details on stage are left blank. Um, because when you think about memories, especially memories from when you were very young, they start to get a little fuzzy around the edges. They start to fade a bit. Um, one of the metaphors that I've ran with in terms of the, the colors that we use, I wanted this to be a dream in sepia. 
So you've got we've got a lot of browns and tans and a lot of those warm colors coming in. That even came in through the the lighting design as well. Yes, we're using we're doing a lot of amber in the lighting. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely helps to bring out the the memory aspect of it. And the really cool thing, because it's a memory play, we are able to play with the idea of a realistic versus non-realistic lighting in certain moments that we want to highlight. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have seen that come across on stage. There's a lot of uh, blues that come in at points, um, but overall we do keep to the sepia tone. Um, so we're just about wrapping up here. Um, I had to fix Thank your you. mic stand. So Sorry, guys. If there is there any other Two last talking left. points that either of you would like to address, you should come see the show. Oh, we also have a middle school workshop coming up. Like, I don't know how many middle school parents are going to be watching this, but at some point we have a middle school workshop coming up. Oh yeah, totally. I forgot to mention that in our upcoming projects. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Uh, yeah, there's a flyer going out to the middle schools. So you know, middle schoolers, if you're listening to this a podcast, flyer? yeah. No, a flyer. Yeah, I set a fire there and then sent it around via interoffice mail. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. Copyright, record, copyright strike. For the record, yeah, there is no fire. Okay. There is yeah. not no, a fire. No, it's a flyer. And Is actually, it's not even that because it's digital. So, But, you know, pay attention to that. Middle schoolers should come up. That's how we get our talent. And I know we've just been adding project after project year <laughs> after year. So it's always a good thing to... Stay tuned with the Thespian Troop because even I don't know what's happening next. I don't know what's going on. You're next. one of the officers. You're the I, vice president. I am. And oh, no. Jake Jor, I heard you wanted to raise pizza prices. <laughs> Mr. Fry, don't do this to me. This isn't on me. That's not. That's Jake Jor wants to raise pizza prices $2. You heard it here first. <laughs> do you actually? No, I don't. Um, but yeah, spoilers, I guess. Um, Are the pizza prices being raised? Did I just start a that is, an a that is something to address <laughs> at another time. Maybe we'll have maybe we'll have Next another Dragon Digest about all about pizza. About we've got to leave process. it on a cliffhanger, guys. Um, okay. Yeah, but we are just about wrapping up today. So this has been Dragon Digest. I've been Jake Jor. I'm Delaney Rogers. I'm still Drew Fry. And I'm Mr. Kind. Thank you for tuning in.